Hi, my name is Liz Romney, and I'm obsessed with understanding what true happiness really means while still embracing life's ups and downs, especially during the downs. I'm a mom of three and a cancer fighter, making sure that my sweet family still enjoys life. Happiness was never meant to be only felt when things go right. Happiness is so much more than that. Through heartfelt conversations, you'll discover how to commit to intentional joy no matter what's going on in your life. So make sure you have your favorite drink because we don't shy away from any topic. Welcome to Happy by Design, Happiness Among the Chaos. Well, hello, my dear friend. Welcome back to the show. Happy 2024. The new year is always special to me because my husband proposed to me on New Year of 2012. And it was in this party. We were at a hotel celebrating the new year with my family and he proposed at midnight in front of everyone. It was so special. Even though I didn't like that it was in front of everyone because I'm a very uh, private person like that, but still it was really special and I loved it. And um, I just love the new year. It just reminds me of that time. And I just want to say that I hope that this new year brings a lot of peace and happiness for you. I know that probably... 2023 wasn't the easiest for you, but I hope this new year becomes a lot lighter and a lot more peaceful, but most importantly, a lot happier for you. I know one of the questions you have probably asked yourself as you go through the different challenges in your life right now is how do I protect my family or how do I minimize how much it affects my family, especially my kids? Those were the questions I asked myself many times when I was diagnosed with cancer. My main concern was that I didn't want my cancer to define the way they saw me or remember me or even define the perception of our family as a whole. You know, I remember one time listening to a friend saying that that when he was a kid, his mom was always sick and him and his siblings had to take care of her and that he hated his childhood, that he remembers how hard everything felt. And so when I was diagnosed, I went back to that conversation and I felt so scared. I didn't want my kids to remember me like that. And the thing is that challenges will affect your family and will affect your children. There's no way of escaping that. And even if we do everything we can to expose them, it will still happen. That is just something is going to happen. Because they will know something's going on. Even though you try to hide it, even though you try to do whatever, they will know something is going on. You know, our children are very perceptive and they're always observing us and they can tell very easily when something is off. And when something is off and they can tell it's big, their primary feeling is fear. Fear that the world as they know it will collapse. Fear that they will be unsafe. But the thing to know about this is that they don't usually understand these feelings, those feelings. They don't know what they mean or how to express them and how to ask for help. All they know is that whatever they feel, it doesn't feel good. I know my kids went through this and I'll share more about it in this episode, but I think this is important that you understand. Your children know something is going on. The children feel it, feel that fear, but they don't know that's what they're feeling. They don't know they're feeling fear, fear that something that... They're not safe and they don't know how to express it. 
had to ask for help. And it is our job as the parents, as the adults, to figure those things out. So when I was diagnosed and I started the treatment, you know, our family dynamic changed drastically. I was a lot in bed. I quit my job. And we had a lot of people helping us. My husband was more involved in the day-to-day activities. They knew they knew I had cancer, and we tried to explain to them as much as we could what was happening. But my husband and I, we started noticing some changes in our kids. You know, my kids started fighting more with each other, even physical fights, which was something that wasn't happening before. We also noticed that they were being very disrespectful towards me and my husband. They would scream at us. They will refuse to do their chores. We even heard phrases like, I hate you. I hate this family. I don't want to see you anymore. This is the worst day of my life. My life is the worst. And it just broke my heart to hear them say things like that. And another thing we noticed was that my two youngest, especially my youngest daughter, were being messy in the rooms. (laughs) The rooms looked like tornadoes just went through. And sometimes they still do that. And the thing is that they were not like that, especially my daughter. My daughter used to be very organized. And, and, and she, I don't know, just the moment I got diagnosed with cancer, this started happening, and I just didn't know. So now imagine me being very sick, dealing with everything I was dealing with, and then adding this to the equation, adding, you know, that they felt these things, and they were acting these ways and I knew it was because of this and you know I felt like I was the cause that why my family was breaking I felt guilty because I was the one sick I was the one that changed everything and then you know one day I realized that to protect my family I shouldn't focus on preventing pain for my kids because that was a given like I've said before pain is a good thing pain is necessary But the suffering is optional because there will always going to be pain because things change and they couldn't understand what was going on. But then I realized that the way to protect my family, especially my kid, was to make sure that our family was still a safe place for them. That they could know that no matter what was happening in our family, our family was strong. That they were safe within us. That we still loved them that we still live each other, and that our family wasn't breaking, that we were here for each other. That was something I could control. You cannot control the pain that your children are feeling. I couldn't control the pain my kids were feeling because I was sick and they could see it. And the family dynamic dynamic change and there were uncertainties. We didn't know if one day I was going to be uh, you know, strong enough to do the other, you know, my typical things, or, or I was going to need help. It was just so uncertain. There was no really rhythm to this. And so there was no way for me to prevent the pain. But it was within me to control that they could feel safe within our family. It was within my husband's control for us to make sure that our kids feel that our our family was still intact. The love for each other was still intact. So here are the things that we did to help our children feel safe. And we still do these things. So the first one is, like I mentioned before, my kids were fighting a lot and they were being very disrespectful. They were having feelings that they didn't understand and couldn't express. 
and our job as a parent was to be patient with them. My oldest daughter, Rosie, uh, once told us that she wasn't trying to be disrespectful, that it just came out like that. She even told us that she said, mom, dad, I need you to be more patient with me. And, you know, and that's exactly what we have been trying to do. It's not easy. Absolutely not easy, but we do it. You know, I know this is very hard to do because, you know, as, as the person who's going through the challenges, you have the pressure of the challenge. Whatever is whatever challenge or challenge you're going through, you feel that pressure. And then you have, you know, the different ways your kids are dealing with that challenge. And then you are dealing with your own feelings. And then everything just feels so heavy. And then you have to be the adult and be regulated and calm when the kids are yelling and saying words to you that hurt. It's just so hard, but it has to be done. Your kids need you to be patient. But patience is something that can be developed in the moments when things are heightening. So when your kids are screaming and you feel like crap, you can, you will not have patience. So, so if you have not been, quote unquote, training to be patient, it will be very hard to do so. So let me explain to you what are the things that you can do to train yourself to be patient. These are the things that I did to train myself to be patient when things were bad. You know, uh, the first thing is that I journal every morning how I feel, and then I journal every night what I'm going to do next time when I messed up because I messed up often. Every single day I messed up because again, like I said, those moments, you know, those those that pressure of I have my challenge. I have to deal with the kids and their feelings. I have to protect them and I have to be the adult. It's a lot. So I did mess up and I still mess up almost every day. No, not even almost every day, actually. But when I plan in my journal, okay, next time when this happens, I'm going to react this other way or I'm going to do this other thing. It helps me. Like I say, it's training me to be calm because I'm going to have a plan of what I'm going to do the next time. Another thing that I do to train myself to be calm is called box breathing. So box breathing, what it... it what entitles, entitles, entitles? Hmm, I don't think that's the word. What you have to do, let's say that, what you have to do with box breathing is that you're going to inhale for four seconds and then you're going to hold it for four seconds and then you're going to exhale for four seconds and then you're going to hold that for four seconds and then you're going to repeat it again. And you're going to do this for three, five minutes. And if you can do it for 10, even better. But three to five minutes is perfect. So again, you inhale for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, and then you hold it for four seconds, and then you repeat it again. You know, this helps my body release any stress or feelings that are trapped in my body. And another thing that I do is called thought mastery exercises. Thought mastery is a practice of training your mind to think the way you want it to think. And I'm going to record an episode of how Thought Mastery works and how it can help you. But for now, let me just say that every morning I repeat to myself, I am a calm and compassionate person for five minutes. I say I am a calm and compassionate person for five minutes. I repeat this over and over and over again. So what happens here is that you are actually rewriting your mind on who you want to be. So, for example, when I'm in situations where I'm about to lose my patience and I'm getting heated, my mind brings up this phrase. 
and I remember that who I'm trying to be and it really works so so I have been in many situations where my daughter or one of my my, my kids is saying I hate you this this is the worst my I hate this family or they just screaming at each other when they scream at each other that's just oh my goodness my nervous system just gets so triggered and when I'm my reaction is to scream back to stop when I'm about to do it, I have had many times where my mind is like, you are a calm and compassionate person. And I bring myself down or I remove myself from the situation because I've been saying that to myself. I'm training my mind to be who I want to be. So when you're repeating those phrases, uh, like I'm, I'm a calm and compassionate person, when a situation comes up, your brain brings it. So the repetition is for your brain knows who you want to be or what is it that you're trying to uh, become, you know, those things. But you have to be consistent with the phrase you choose to repeat yourself. So uh, another thing is that I go for walks outside every day. I move my body. If you notice, I tackle my emotions and mind, my body, and my nervous system. So with you know, the thought mastery and the journaling, I'm tackling my emotions in my mind. With the breathing, I'm tackling my nervous system. And with the walking outside and working out every day, I'm tackling my body. I am more patient with my kids because I'm training myself to feel calmness. So this is the thing. When I say training yourself, what it means is that if your body doesn't know or you don't know what it feels to be calm, how are you going to bring that out when you are not you're in a situation that you need to be calm? If you don't know what that feels, you will not know how to bring it out when you need it. So that's what I mean that you have to train yourself. And when you're journaling, when you're doing that um, repetition of the phrase, when you are breathing, when you are working out or you're on a walk, you're actually calm. You feel that calmness in your training and, and it becomes like a muscle memory thing because you already know what that feels like. Another thing that we do to help our children feel safe with our family is that we make sure that we are spending quality time as a family and individually with our kids. Every day I have set up a part three, from 3.15 to 4 p.m. to spend time with my kids. Every day I spend time with one of my kids during those 45 minutes. With my son Scotty, we're building a Lego spaceship. And with my daughters, Rosie and Madison, I'm doing some diamond paintings. And, and let me tell you something. I think this is even harder than being patient with them because I usually don't feel good in the afternoons. And when I do feel good, I want to use my energy to catch up on things. But I know this is the most important thing, you know, for them to feel that I'm still mom. And, you know, sometimes we, we don't do it every day, okay? I try my best to do it every day, but sometimes they don't want to hang out with me. They're like, I want to go play with my friends, mom, with the neighbors. I'm like, okay, if you don't want to play, you don't have to. But the fact that I'm saying to them, hey, I have these 45 minutes, Let's do something, and if they choose not to, they still know that I'm available for them. So if they go play with their friends, and then we still, and I still, you know, have ten more, eh, ten, still have ten minutes of those forty-five minutes, then we can do something. They still know that those forty-five minutes are there for them, and so it's just 
the fact that it's there, it just helps. And if you don't have 45 minutes, then do 30 minutes or 50 minutes or even five minutes. But what you need to make sure is that it's high quality time where you're interacting with them so that they feel that you are there for them, that you're focusing in that moment on them. You know, your, your focus is them. No phone, no nothing. Just you and them doing something together where your full attention is on them. Another thing that we do is that every morning and every night we pray as a family. There are feelings and thoughts that my kids are having that I won't be able to understand, but I know God does. And I want my kids to know that if mom and dad don't understand them, they know who to go to. I want them to have a deep connection with Heavenly Father because there's things I can do, but he can We also read scriptures every morning before going to school. We talk about the stories we read and how we apply them to our lives. You know, I want them to see how God has been there for other people. And if he was there for those people in the scriptures, then he will be there for them too. Another thing is that we are honest with them. Another thing that we do for them to feel safe is that we are honest with them about what is happening. And we answer their questions with honesty. Keeping information from our kids only does one thing. It makes them feel that things are worse than they really are because mom and dad aren't talking about it. Again, kids know when we're hiding things from them. They're very perceptive. So be open with them. Explain things in simple ways that they can understand. And if they have questions, answer them. You know, my kids are always asking me questions like, why did you get cancer? Why did God give you cancer? Are you going to die? Will you get better? Does it hurt? All those kinds of questions. And I have answered these questions and many more with honesty in a way that they understand. And I can tell that it makes them feel safe and confident. When they see that I am open about it, they feel as part of the support system. Like like as a family, we're dealing with this together. And, And that brings me to the fifth thing that we do is allow your children to be part of the caring and handling of the challenge according to their maturity. Your kids are part of the family, so allow them to feel as someone who can contribute to the well-being of the family. You know, your children can be part of the solution without making them feel overwhelmed or like they are carrying all the burden. Just like my friend did when, uh, you know, his mom was sick. The way he explains is that the mom was completely like, I can do anything. You guys need to handle it. And and I don't know her situation and I'm not going to judge that. But what I'm saying is you can allow them to be part of that. But you have to understand what is the maturity level? What can they do? And allow them to do that. You know, like I said, I don't want my kids to feel like my friend felt. But, you know, it's okay to allow them to be part of the caring handling of the challenge that is affecting, you know, everyone. So some of the things I have done with my kids is to let them know that I don't feel good and that I'm going to take a nap or that I am. So I'm going to need help with some chores around the house or that if I'm in bed that I need water. And so I ask them to bring me water. I let them know when I have a doctor appointment and and ask them to pray for me. I have asked my oldest to take care of the younger ones for one or two hours while I take a nap. And, you know, the whole point is for them to feel like they are part of the solution, that they know that things aren't as bad as they might feel it is. If they are helping, they can say, okay, if I can do something, then it must not be so bad. 
that's how children think. And I've noticed because my kids have said those things to me. So that's why I know this is how they tend to feel. But yeah, allow them to be part of the solution. And lastly, uh, what we do as a family is that we do a family council once a month. So what this means is that we get together as a family and we say for the next 30 to 30 minutes to one hour, we told them we are in a safe place and we can express whatever we need to express to any of the other family members. We can say what is bothering us and what we want to change in our family. And we and as parents, we promise that they can express whatever they want and they will not get in trouble. Even if we feel they are wrong and it's not okay, they can still express it. We, we tell them, tell us anything. We will not get mad. The whole point is not to say, you know, for our kids to say, to the other siblings, you did this, and yeah, you did that too, and then we get into a fight. No, it's just, the point is to say, this is how I feel. And the other members of the family, we're there just to listen. And we ask, what do you need to feel better? Even if the the thing they're saying is not completely correct. Like, for example, let me think of one example. One of my kids was asking me to help them with their homework. And um, I was explaining to them and they got upset and they left. In this family council, they said, you make me feel like you think I'm dumb. You you make it look like I'm dumb. And, I'm, and, and the thing is that I didn't, I don't remember saying or doing anything that will make, you know, express that I thought that they were dumb but it wasn't about defending me so what I said is like okay what do you need me to do to in order to help you feel better and they say that I said okay I'm gonna try better to express myself next time and so that's the point of the family council it's just to express ourselves and then come up with a plan and how everyone's going to have a more harmonious relationship with each other it's not about you're right I'm wrong this is not what happened, so let me explain to you what happened. It's just about expressing ourselves, and as a family, we come together and find solutions. So everyone feels heard and seen and understood, even if what they said was not completely right. You know what I mean? Okay, so let's recap the, the six things that we do. You know, we be more patient with your family. You know, spend quality time as a family and individually. Pray as a family. Let them know how things are and answer their questions. Allow them to be part of the caring and handling of the challenge affecting the family. And do a family council. I know that you don't want your family to be in pain, but pain is something they have to go through. Something hard is affecting the family and you cannot change that. But you can still create a happy and safe environment for your family. Because really, why leave happiness to chance when you can design it yourself? Thanks for being here. And before I leave, I just want to ask you for one big favor. If you have loved the episode so far or you love this episode, please, please give me a review wherever you're listening. It's either in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform that you're listening to, to this podcast. Your reviews really help reach other people. So if you have liked what I have said, is it helping you in any way? Please share a review that would really, really help me. And I will 
truly appreciate it with all my heart if you do. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.